Wow, it's good to be here. I was thinking about the couple that had this, the, their pastor over for lunch, and um, after it was over, she was cleaning up, you know, washing the dishes and things, and she found a spoon that was missing. So she just made a mental note. That pastor must have stolen our spoon. So a year later, they had him back again, and they asked him, said, you know, last year when you were here, we, we came up short one spoon. Any idea? Did you take it? He said, no, I hid it in your Bible. <clears throat> so Adam and Eve, you know, after they were cast out of the garden, they uh, had other children, and finally those children came up and said, you know, I mean, you have this perfect place over here. What, what happened? Adam said, your mom made us out of house and home. <clears throat> There's a good Bible study behind that. So anyway, I'm called on today to talk to you about the goodness of God, the goodness of God, the goodness of God, the love of God, the idea that God has toward us, his thoughts about us, his actions toward us. Uh, I... I came into this world by immaculate conception. I, I was raised on the church pew, second side over here, and um, was sin-free. And I never told lies. I never got mad. I mean, Christ in me. You understand? So... But uh, I don't know uh, if we were not taught or what to have the right attitude about God's goodness, God's love toward us. I mean, we all parroted those lines and, and, oh, yeah, you know, God's a good God. No, you need to get to know him because God's a good God. But all the while, we're feeling bereft and empty ourselves. And I had age on me before I realized uh, as they sang a little bit ago, I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved by what I know. And what do I know? I know that God loves me. Amen. Horrible, despicable me. You say, how could you say that? Have you ever, I've never been in jail. I've never been in prison. I've never consciously stolen anything. I never did drugs. I do use some CBD oil at times, you know, in the evening, in the night to kind of, you know, enhance my sleep. But that's as closest to that stuff. And uh, and I did raid, back in high school, I did raid my mom's uh, medicine chest a couple of times. Took me a couple extra Valium. It was good. It was nice. But I repented and the Lord forgave me. I said all that to say that, that feelings can, can be the God of our life. Feelings can be the, the ruler that rules our life. And that's why people are so confused in their love for each other. Uh, wake up one morning, I'm just not in love with my wife anymore. So what am I supposed to do? Go get me another one. You know, if you just think about that for a second, about the third or fourth time alone, you're going to find out that you're going to wake up one morning and not be in love with this one. 
Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good, okay? And so I remember being in a 16-week revival meeting in a small South Texas town of 180 population. And one morning I woke up and I just didn't feel God loved me. I just didn't feel it. I mean, I just was empty. And I said, aha, I know what to do about that. So I, we were staying next door to the church and I went over to the church sanctuary and I got my concordance out. And I began to go down through there. I didn't even open my Bible. I just looked at the concordance and I saw scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture about God's love for us and I'm part of the us. You are part of the us. So many of us have experienced so many difficulties in life that we, we think erroneously, well, if God loves me and is so good, then why, why is my life in such a shambles? Uh, why are things so messed up? Robbie, I'm needing help here. <clears throat> I got it back. I'm good. It's okay. These things need prayer. <clears throat> there, there, there is a way, there is a way to get into the idea of, of God's love, God's forgiveness and goodness toward us. And I'm just going to cite you uh, five examples here. First of all, we look at the garden to see God's goodness to man. Genesis 2, 8 through 9, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed out of the ground May the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Incidentally, in every one of our lives when God has something good for us, there will be two trees, two trees in every place for God to give us success. We have a choice, and we can choose the tree of life, or we can choose the other tree. And if I choose the other one, I lose my reward. If there's not a choice, there is no point in a reward. Amen. <clears throat> Secondly, we look at Abraham, uh, father of the faithful, in Genesis 12, chapter, verses 2 through 3. I will make of thee, God said, a great nation. I will bless thee, make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. We have to be reminded of this about the goodness of God, that one, he pursues us. He, he is after us. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He pursues us. He is after us. He wants us in his family. He wants us in the circle of his blessing. He wants us to be there to experience his goodness. His goodness, first of all, spiritually through the new birth. He wants us to experience uh, and, and to enhance the new birth. We go, we, he, wants us to be, uh, he wants us to be blessed and understanding mentally. In Romans, the 12th chapter, he talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is no transformation in our life outside of the Holy Spirit coming and then us engaging with God in the renewal of the mind. The renewal of the mind is so powerful that he says, if you'll do that, you will, uh, you will live out the, 
the will of God, the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You will live that out. How many of us have, have, have been surrounded by wonderful, wonderful concepts, truths about God and about us? And incidentally, Jesus came to reveal the heart of the invisible God. What did he do while he was here? Healing the sick, relieving people that were demonized, raising the dead, showing his love for us. And he did nothing except he saw heaven do it or heaven say it. So I, it's, a, it's a direct contact between the Father God, the invisible God, and Jesus who came to demonstrate the heart of the invisible Father. And so, but we are so, our lives are so filled with these enemies of us conceiving, getting a hold of the fact that God loves us. I mean, these, these things are right here. We wake up with them and we go to sleep with them. They are there. And we see little snippets of the love of God or the compassion or the goodness of God. We see those little vignettes, if you will. But these other things that are troubles in our life, relational troubles, financial troubles, mental problems, they're so close to us and we have inadvertently visited with them so much until they become larger than anything else. Sorry for shouting at you. So what do I have to do? I have to make a choice and I have to push those things aside and reach out here for the testimony of God's goodness. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. One of God's most successful generals in Scripture was Joshua. And Joshua 1 and verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make yourself prosperous. Notice, you. We are so busy calling out to God, heaven come to earth, heaven come to earth. When he has already deposited heaven inside of every believer, and we are just to let, earth, let heaven out into our earth. But it will not happen until we have meditated day and night. So it's a choice. We are meditating on something. How many of you can worry? How many of you are worried about something? Come on, lift your hand. It's not a trick. You're worried about something. You're a meditator. You've already got it. You already have the skill. <clears throat> Meditating worry is thinking about it, 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 thinking how horrible it is, thinking what can I do about it. But you have a choice to get so full of this wonderful book, get so full of what he says about you, 
You have to get what he says about you. You can't just be reading through the Bible and say, well, I finished the book of the Revelation today. That's fine and good. We'll give you a gold star at the end of the service. You've got to get, I remember our pastor took this old man with a crazy mind. He said, Pastor, take me to the store. He said, what do you need? He said, I need some Pepto-Bismol. He said, what for? For my kidneys. Well, we all know that Pepto-Bismol is not for your kidneys, right? <laughs> and you have to get the portions of the word of the Lord that will stick in you, that will get to you, that you make a choice. I am going to believe and side with what God says about me, about his goodness toward me. I'm going to side with that regardless the shadows, the clouds, the inclement spiritual weather that is all around me. I'm going to choose to go with this. Okay? It reminds me of the uh, so-called Hebrew children who, um, oh, aren't I stylish? No socks. Y'all like that? I do need a little Agent Orange on there. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, I'm just so cool now this, this time of my life. And I, Wow. Goodness, it overwhelms me. Um, I told them in the staff meeting this morning, I said, ooh, I've got to turn my phone off. I said, all my women will be calling me and everything. So, <laughs> where was I? You know, I'd say, we have to make a choice. We have to decide on things. We have to decide to walk with the goodness of God as is revealed in the Word of God because you're not going to get it anywhere else. Everything in this world, the TV, the television, the news, the Internet, is all a design to form your mind into a world mindset. And a world mindset is always leading to death. This book right here is able to transform you. And when you are transformed, you can transform your family, transform your city, and transform your nation. It's, it's, it's a matter of changing belief structures. Stopping to pay attention to what people say that are not in line with the word. My holy and righteous family that I was brought up in, I mean, folks, we had wings. We were moral. We had pristine lips. I remember when I was in first grade and I got to say hot dog. Man, whew, I got a cuss word. How, how, how about that? I just wanted one. You know, it just felt so good to let a hot dog go. And then I got the hot diggity dog and I felt like I'd gone to hell. You know what I mean? Y'all understand. But that's, that's the environment that I was raised in. But, but we, 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 we were not, yeah, I was out there. We were not conscious of the God's goodness to us. We were not, it, it didn't live in here. 
you know what? If I can tell you when I first began to really, really believe in God's goodness to me. Is anybody interested? You got a second longer? Okay. It was when I kept going, at having this repetitive shortcoming in my life. Call it sin or, you know, minor problem here. It's when I kept doing that and then I would race back to him and he was doing this. Not this, which is how I was raised. If you messed up until you prove to me, until you prove to all of us that you're clean, you're good, you're acting right. But he was saying, hey, hey, bub, I'm glad you're back. Come here. And I'd say, oh, God, please forgive me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I, I rejoice in this. And then you know, a week later, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, acting up again. And I, should I come? Yeah, here he is. He's doing like this. And over a season of time, I thought, you know, you're what you say you are. You're a good God. And if you can love me who knows to do better... Those are the real messy people, the ones that know to do better. I was raised. Our hands were uplifted all the time, it seemed. But somehow we missed things. And if we did, who was supposed to act right, and he forgave us, how much more will he forgive the scallywags? The dirty people, the vulgar people, the nasty people, the sinful people, the predator people. He forgives. He forgives. And how else are you going to, first of all, see his goodness when you come to him and you say, Father, be merciful to me. Oh, mercy. I've already poured out mercy. I just needed you to come and accept it and get it. And mercy, him giving us mercy, is not him signing off on us being perpetual, perpetual failures. It is a bridge from failure to success. Mercy is a bridge from failure to success. When I begin to employ what he says, then I will see measures of success And those things that beset me, that upset me, that tripped me up in the past will be gone. Gone. By the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but the Holy Spirit is not alongside of you just to kind of pet you, comfort you, whatever. The Holy Spirit in his deepest work gets into our soul and takes out the junk, takes it out, takes it out. Gone. Gone. I've seen heroin addicts come to Jesus, be filled with the Spirit, and that evening, heroin was gone. Cocaine was gone. Grass was gone. Gone. No desire. Did I ever do that? One of my dearest friends who became a mentor of mine, 
introduced heroin into the city of Gary, Indiana. He became the first supplier there. He had prostitutes that worked for him. He would hide in the closet in the hotel bedroom closet. And when she hung the John's pants in there, he took out whatever he wanted. That was his life. Tracks, needle tracks, all in the folds of his arms. But when he was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he came up and he said, I looked at my arms, the tracks were gone. The old life was gone. He said, I could break into any building. I could bypass every alarm system. And of course, stupid me, I was like, how'd you do that? Not that I wanted to go do likewise, but, I, you know, good story. He said, I promise you, Craig, he said, I don't know. I could not tell you. I can't even unlock the church door where he was pastor. He lost all of that skill. How? The goodness of God through the indwelling Holy Spirit changed in a dynamic fashion. Is there anybody here today that like a dynamic change in your life? Not this little assist, not this little walking stick religion. I'm talking about full-blown change. Old has passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That's the goodness of God. He will leave some things in our life that will be a challenge to us, but that is just for our growth. I'll tell you how he, he loves us. Somebody here in this, uh, in this middle section that he knows that you are going through, have just gone through a terrible and a tragic relational thing, it, a, a lancing of your soul. It has been like stripes on the inside of you. It has cut you. You're bleeding inside today, right now. But he says, I love you, and I'm telling you, I'm with you. Amen. I'm here to help. I'm here to heal. I'm here to change the goodness of God. Dathan, maybe we need some coffee passed out or something. I don't know. It's just. Um... Number four, we look at the new covenant. I skipped number three. We'll move along. You're getting the point. Jeremiah 31, 33. This shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. They shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. So he is going to take, this is, this is, uh, this is prophetic about the new birth that is to come in the book of Acts, okay? And God says, you're not going to be observing these outward tablets of stone, Ten Commandments, my law. I am on that day, I am going to write my law inside of you. So when I am immersed in His Word and in His Spirit, those laws live. 
the tradition which I was raised, you, you, basically, you basically got a set of rules after you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was, that's what's happening. You keep these, you'll be in, you'll, you'll be in good shape. And so as long as people followed two or three of them, you know, they didn't rob banks or run around on their companion, then they were in. But many of them, if not most of them, were miserable because they were not living by the life of the Spirit. What do I mean by the life of the Spirit? It took me a long time to get that one, okay, but I'm going to share it with you free today. Life in the Spirit is taking Him in and taking Him in. And taking him in some more. And meditating about him. Thinking about his goodness. Looking at every circumstance in life where his favor was evidenced. And even in the darkest of times, if you do that, you will just be carried right on through that place. I know that today there are people here that are suffering all kinds of junk. Bad, hurtful, painful, debilitating, destructive junk. Do we have to get to the end of all of that before we say, Abba, Father? Or can we just say, "Ah, man, this is too good of a deal for me to pass up? I'm not going to pass up the goodness of God. I'm going to embrace you, Jesus. You're going to be the first thing on my mind in the morning, the last thing on my mind at night. In fact, I'm going to be so full of you that I'm going to talk to you in the night through my dreams. And, and I know right now, I just, I just heard something come out of somebody's mind right now, but, but you don't understand. I've got a lot of stuff that I need to get straightened up. Hey, hey, hey. You know, that's what accountants are for. We bring our big pile of junk and say, can you make sense of all this? I don't know the IRS, and I don't want to know them. Right? Wrong, I guess. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought I was on with that one, but that's why we have doctors. Docs, I, man, I, I got so many places hurting. I, I don't know what to say, you know. Check me out. Help me out, right? And we come to Jesus. No, you don't need to get anything in order. You just need to come with him with your big old sack of junk. Throw it down at his feet and say, Father, I believe in your goodness. I've got a mess in relationships. I've got a mess financially. I've got a mess mentally. I am all messed up emotionally. I'm just a big mess up. I am a hot mess. I'm just a mess. And you come to him and, and say, I don't know how to get out of this relationship. I just don't know how. They're going to be waiting for me when I get out of church, expecting to continue as we have continued. And it's just been grieving to me. Well, just turn it over to him and say, Father, I'm going to walk in faithfulness to you. Whatever you know about him, do that, okay? He's not expecting you to know what I know. 
He's expecting you to go with what you know. And if you'll come to him sincerely and openly and honestly and just say, Lord, I just want to rest in you. I want to be healed by you. I want to be transformed by you. And so you say, well, you know, I'm not sure I have faith for all of that. Well, let me tell you about the disciples, okay? Here's what the disciples did. Jesus had already sent them out and endued them with power to, to cast out devils, to raise the dead, and to heal the sick. Already, already, already. He had already fed the multitude in front of them. They had already broken the loaves and the fishes and dispersed them to the people. And then they get in a little jam on the lake. He's asleep in the back of the boat. And they go back there and get him by his lapels and say, Jesus, we're about to die. You know what Jesus did? He got up. Peace, be still. Storm settled down. Then he turned to them and said, where's your faith? So what does that say to me? It says to me, even when my faith is not perfect, even when I may not even be showing it, His goodness will come and assist me another time. He is trying to show me His nature, that I want this to be all of the time. I want deliverance and a greater life to be yours all the time. Can you do that? Can, can we do that today? Can we make that decision today? It's for husbands, fathers, mothers to embrace this. Where I came from, you didn't have a certain agonizing expression Spiritual frowns, you weren't there. I'll just be honest with you, maybe some of y'all know me enough, I can't frown all the time, okay? i got to have a little levity here and there. In fact, a little more than I should. I need that. Well, don't you think God knows that about me? I prayed and asked him to take it away from me, but he hadn't, so I guess he's okay with it. So I can come to him as I am. Man, the personality tests I take, man, I, I'm, I'm just not like everybody else. And I guess you can see that real clearly, but I'm just not. I'm, I laugh when I'm not supposed to laugh, and I cry when I'm not supposed to cry. I don't, you know. I like nothing more than get in a sober place and start a chuckle with somebody. <laughs> you know, I, I love it. I just do. I'm just being honest. Please forgive me. You and I can reach out and say, Father, you understand it's me. It's me with my problems, with my idiosyncrasies, with my erratic behavior. I don't have good habits. I I. You know, I ju I'm just messed up. And come to him as you are with a full intention of doing what he says do.
by the aid of the Spirit. Lots of times on the highway, I, I need the help of the Holy Spirit. Those that are driving slower than I wish to travel. Those that are trying to run me off the road. Those that don't understand good quality common sense driving. I have to say, Holy Spirit, help me now. Anybody else share that? Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. But somewhere between my prayer and the moment that they run me off the road, uh, and I don't start shooting or anything, then, then the Lord helps me. He brings peace to my heart. I know you're glad to hear that because you might have been the one that did that, you know. His presence is here right now. And he says these words to all of us, whosoever will, let them come. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll pull the plug on the junk. Transformation will come into your life. You'll be set free from stuff that's troubled you for years. I've even known of people that were not having a current issue of any kind, but they were living with tragedies of the past, ravages of their soul, memories, unwholesome memories, terrible memories. And in a moment of interaction with him, how he does it, I don't know. He just reaches into the soul and lifts that out. And it's gone. A smile of perpetual peace passes that person's countenance. And everyone around them knows something wonderful has happened. I'll close with this. Um, Isn't it amazing how life twists things around inside of us until somehow we feel natural and normal in old things, weird things. Somehow they have just taken over like it until they're, they're, they're such a part of us that we think it is us. I felt like God didn't love me because I was overweight. Isn't that something? I just didn't feel love. Too much weight. You can't love me like this. Oh, I was wrong. He said, come here, fatty. I was blocking that because I couldn't love myself. Now, let's get over that, okay? All of us got some oddities. Some of us, our ears stick out. Some of us, our teeth are crooked. 
Some of us have weight in places that we cannot man manage. It follows us. It precedes us. You know, whatever. But he loves you. Regardless. Regardless, he loves you. Why don't we stand together, please?